Hi, this is Jean-Jacques Taylor, and you're listening to Jot Talk. This is a podcast where I talk about the Cowboys, the team I've covered as a beat writer, columnist, TV insider, and radio host for 28 years. I'll also talk about the NFL and the things I love, working out, streaming, food, and all things Dallas. My boy, Big Joe and the Big Rig, one of my oldest friends, produces the show and occasionally chimes in with his thoughts on the Cowboys. After all, he's a lifelong Cowboys fan, and he played high school, college, and semi-pro football. Welcome to Jock Talk, where sports is fluid. What's true today might not be true an hour, a day, or a month from now. I'm going to give you the truth straight, no chaser. Glad to have you aboard. Let's get it. Welcome to episode 39, friends, of Jock Talk. I'm Jean-Jacques Taylor, joined by my four-end uh, Big Joe and the Big Rig. And uh, we hope that you are prepared to be entertained and dazzled for the next hour or so as we get into the Cowboys, the college football playoffs, uh, Thieves in our midst, and a few other things right here on Jacques Talk. What's up, Doc? What up, what up? Five you had by your caffeine today? Yeah, a little bit. Five by five. What five by five, man? That means I'm good to go. If you call me and I'm on oh, the ground okay. and you say you good, I'm five by five. Oh, go ahead. All right, all right. I like when you, I like when you throw the military talk in there. That's good. That's uh, we 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 uh we are the show of veterans around here. Uh, we at now? least one of us. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say at least one of us represent more. Uh, you know what? I'm uh, okay. We we gonna get into the show, but I just had a thought. How long would it take you take you to teach me to put that AR fifteen together? I don't know. You don't. You know you 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 old man now. I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a novice, and I'm not a gun guy. Although we go into the range sometime soon, I'm gonna shoot up some stuff the way John Wick would do it. Uh, no, not ever. No, nobody will. <laughs> nobody. No. Nobody in the history of history of man will shoot like John Wick. That's a movie. Okay. But all right, yeah. Okay. Real talk. How long? How long would it take you to teach me to put the AR-15 together? If I was. If I was. If I was like. Being you, it's not about the teachers. Okay, I'm focused. I'm trying to do this. How long would it take? A day, a couple of hours. What? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe a couple of hours, depending on how coachable you are. And then what's your? I'm a very coachable your, player. Well, what's your stress points when it comes to coaching? Do I have to? Do I have to yell at you? Do I have to put you in? And you know, do I have to? You know, it depends on what what it takes to coach and what you're willing to take. You know, because the thing about putting together they are is that they they go they go slow first, slow is smooth, smooth is fast. And then they start yelling at your ass, putting you under duress, and learn how to push. Well, yeah, you. I mean, you we ain't getting to... ready for combat, so I don't need all of that. I just need to know how to put it together. Right? I don't know. We, Cause we going out to the gun range sometime soon. I've been feeling like shooting something lately. Yeah, the question is, do I feel like teaching you? That's the question, but that's a whole nother thing. Hey, why, why, why are you fronting in front of these people? You know you love no, to go no, to the No, I'm talking about teach feeling me? like teaching you. I'm talking about, there ain't no front in me, dog. I'm, I'm talking about uh, 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 teaching you how to take it apart and stuff. That's, that's, that's got to do a lot to do with uh, my patience. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I teach shooting class all the time, but I ain't talking about, uh, all right, all right. I'm talking about taking it apart, right, putting well, it together. That's a whole nother thing. Well, no, that got that got to be on a day where I feel like doing it too. So I just threw it out there. I, you know, I might want to do that. I was just curious, but anyway, because uh, I'm not going, you know, I'm not going to ask you, I'm not going to ask you about no aromatherapy, though. I'm not. 
I'm not going. <laughs> My wife, hey man, takes I've care already of smelled that black, that black cherry currant this morning, that vanilla bean. I'm, yeah. So I'm feeling like a king right now. I got that cha- got that coffee and whiskey soap on me, so I'm feeling good this morning. Fresh. Roger that. Got a big smile on my face. If you can see me, dog, you see the big smile on my face. Uh, anyway. Ah, the life, the holiday the life of a metrosexual. Go ahead with yourself, dog. It's all good. Dog, you know what? You are right. And I'm not ashamed to admit it. Me and my son sat around talking about what kind of soap you like for about 15 minutes the other day. I and it was you. a beautiful conversation. Yeah. Because uh, I passed it down to him honest. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. It's the holiday season, and if you're not going to give me some candles and some soap, or you're not going to get that for your boy, what you need to do is pick up a copy of uh, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders of the Making of Men. Men. Uh, it's the book I wrote. I spent a year with Deion. And we're actually going to have a really interesting conversation about Deion later today. And right now, Joe is like, that ain't in the notes. Hey, we changed on the fly ride here, baby. That's how we do it. Uh, but I had a conversation with somebody this morning. Uh, who's an offensive coordinator at a uh, Power 5 school that's ranked in the top 20. And uh, I ran into him at the gym, and I was like, you know what? You just made me think about something, dog, and we're going to talk about it on my podcast this morning. Uh, you know, the other thing is don't forget to follow me on Twitter, JJT Journalist. If you think you follow me, you don't. My account got deleted. The devil is busy and active out there. And so I got a new account, JJT Journalist. I am Jean-Jacques Taylor. Follow me on Twitter, and, uh, and we can get it. Uh, understand, this time of the year where accidents can happen. You out and about, everybody's out and about. Accidents can happen. You can be hurt with somebody else's negligence. If that happens, and it doesn't matter if you're at an apartment building, you're at somebody's company, you're out and about. If you're not at the crib and you get injured in an accident, wherever you are, what you need to do, and this better be in your phone by now, is hit 972-934-8900. Greeny Law. State your situation to somebody on the green team who picks up the phone. Just say, hey, here's the details. What do you think? And I'm telling you, if they bring you on as a client, it's been a great day for you. And here's why. These things, whenever you're dealing with somebody else's insurance company, first off, you know it's complicated. You know it can be long. You know it can be tedious. You know it's a fight. It is a fight. Let's just call it what it is. You want somebody representing you that ain't afraid to fight. You want somebody representing you that says, hey, look out for the left. Hey, back up. Here come the jab. Hey, watch for the body punches. Hey, keep your guard up. You want somebody to tell you all that stuff because you may or you may not know about it. That's what Greening Law does. They answer your questions. Oh, dog, I was supposed to ask that? Yeah. See, they take care of you like that. They want you focusing on two things, rest, renewal, or renewal and rest. But that's what they want you focusing on. Why? So get your body right, get your mind right, get back to where you were before this incident occurred. They take care of all that for you. You need a doctor's appointment, they got you. You need a specialist, they got that too. They set these things up for you, they take care of them, and they walk you through the process. Now, I always like to tell people, they don't get paid unless you get paid. Okay, so you ain't got to worry about where you fit into their priority list. Uh, if they bring you on as a client, you're number one on their priority list because they don't get paid unless you get paid. Um, so they eat what they kill. and It's a great thing to do. She give you a feeling of comfort and security. So once again, if you're involved in an accident, it's not your fault. 972-934-8900 is the number. And again, you ain't got to take your boy's word for it. Go to greenylaw.com. Look at the website yourself. 
See what they're doing for people. Read about the clients that they had. It's all there. Check it out. You'll be glad that you did. Dog, let me ask you something. Dak Prescott, MVP, how that sound to you? Sound like we got a little ways to go. Sound like he still got to prove it. Sound good to me as, well, of, as of right now, but in these, these next few games, he's going to show whether he's the MVP or not. And you, my friend, I hate to say this to you, but, yeah, it's true, as usual. Uh, no, nah, I ain't going to say that. You make a good point. I'm going to say that. What? I don't want to give you too much credit. Okay. I mean, that's that's some big grudging I, mess right there. <laughs> I, <laughs> well, I was trying to find the right way to say it, but you make a good point. Two words. You're right. You're right. How about that? That's easy. Now, I don't like to, I don't like to say that with you because you know then every time you'll hold it over my head because that's how you are. Uh, but I meet you where you at, so I it doesn't offend me. That's where you are. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of people out good. there that know me that know that's BS. But all right, then go ahead with that. Go ahead. Hey, you know what my father told me once? I don't know. Everybody, everybody relationship is is different. Uh, because he had a good friend who was teaching me an African-American history class, and I came home. He said, hey, man, your, prof- your relationship with Professor Williams is your relationship. My relationship with Professor Williams is my relationship. So just because we get along don't mean you get an A in that class if you don't study, son. And I said, all right. Uh, all right, and that's I, our that, first that, exit that, rap, that, exit that, rap that went right over That went right over my head, but go ahead with that. All right. <laughs> well, okay, here we go with that and the MVP conversation. And here's the deal, man. I've been hearing this more and more every week. That is, and people are all all upset at, you know, where he should be in the MVP conversation, and they're comparing his numbers to Jalen Hurts' numbers and Brock Purdy's numbers and this and that. I don't care, okay? Not at all, not one bit, for the very reason that you said. Dak Prescott has been having a terrific season. He really has. Uh, It started off slow. But it's a long season. After that San Francisco loss, he had to talk with himself, and he had to talk with Mike McCarthy, and the offense looks different. They playing different. He's playing different. He's running more. He's taking check downs. He's playing terrific football. We all know it don't matter at all right now because what matters now, Philadelphia on Sunday night TV, at Buffalo, at Miami, Detroit at the crib right before New Year's Eve. Hey, Dak, and, and, and this is not something that Dak is out here politicking for. This is other people talking about Dak. If you want to be the MVP, them same numbers that you've been putting up for the last seven weeks, which have been phenomenal, 310 yards a game, 21 touchdowns, two interceptions, passer rating of, I think, 114. Dog. We need to see that over the next month. And if you do that, regardless of how everybody else plays, the wins and losses will take care of themselves because the game is ultimately about the quarterback. Now, do you have any feedback? I think Dak is in line for three type of seasons. A very good good season, an MVP type of season, and an MVP season. That's where he headed in these next five games. Okay, what's the what's the difference between MVP season and MVP type season? Where you play well enough to win. Where you go through this next gauntlet of games and you play well and you represent and maybe y'all don't win them all. Maybe y'all don't catch Philadelphia. Okay. 
Maybe maybe you play you you individually play well enough to win. The MVP season is where everybody feels like, man, you did that thing. You took you took your team to the best, and you are the most. Without your without you, this team don't do what they doing. His success his success leads to the team success, which makes him the MVP, which is the which is the qualification for the MVP. So yeah, has he had a great season? Yes, but there's levels to that. So it's a vast improvement over last year. No matter what you, no matter what he does the rest of the way. Right. I think uh, I think he's playing better because he's found himself. Um, he's found a comfort zone in the offense. Yep. Um, he's using his legs more. Obviously, we can see that. Uh, but, you know, you and I have talked quite a bit, and I don't think people really pay enough attention to it. He's using the daggone check downs. Like, if it's not there, check it down, get three or four yards, go on about your business. It's all good. Yep. Um, and so he's, I think he's really making good use of that. Um, I think he and McCarthy have found a way to coexist with the offense. I think early on it was, it was too much run, not enough pass. Uh, now I think not only is it enough pass because they really are trying to attack on first down. They're going deep down the field. I think I think some of it early on, just my opinion, was Mike McCarthy was coaching scared. Meaning, I don't want him throwing interceptions. I don't want him throwing putting the ball in harm's way. So we're gonna take these little bitty short throws where I know it's all good. But and you said this many many times. All that does, man, is bring them safeties down clog that short part of the field, and just make it harder and harder and harder to do what you're actually trying to do. Yep, you're playing in traffic big time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so let me, let me, that let is, me add something to your – I'm, I'm sorry. Let me add something to your point. The, uh, Put they, some water in it, dog. They realized that that offensive line is not as good as they're supposed to. That they supposed to be because what happens is I think that's the whole key because when when you got time it's like when we was talking about clean pockets okay this guy knows now all right look I ain't got time to sit here and decide you know read drop off this guy read this guy look at that I right, I gotta find my guy or I gotta I gotta move when you think you got time behind that offensive line, then you can sit there and read, and then you get surprised by the pass rush. But when you realize these guys is not as good as they they once were or they're not giving me that kind of time, that's where Dak, Dak is so good on improvising, where he know he got to. On any given moment, he have to. Look at the difference when those guys, the offensive line is playing well. He likes sitting there trying to pick whatever, whatever he want to do. You know, he got more time to hunt big plays and make mistakes. That's what I, That's what I think. No, I see that, and uh, and so I, I think all of that is uh, all of that is good. All of that is uh, is positive, and now it's it's kind of like you said, it's going to come down to these last uh, you know these last few games. And the question is, you know, I think it's going to be hard to win the division because even if you win yep. this game and it's tied, if you just look at your your gauntlet to go, which would then be so we'll assume the Cowboys win this week. But if you look at who you have left, which is on the road against Buffalo, Miami, home against Detroit, if we're going to be honest, and that's what we do around here, two out of three 
would really be really, really good. But if you look at Philadelphia's gauntlet, which is or who they got left because they're in the midst of their gauntlet now, they have Seattle, the Giants, the Cardinals, the Giants. Mm. They're winning all four of those, probably. Definitely they're winning three out of four. And so what I'm saying is it's going to be hard to win the division, and I can live with that if you don't win the division. I mean, if you, if you end up um, – what are we talking about? Fourteen and four? You go fourteen and four. Is that what they? Uh, yeah, you go fourteen and four. Fourteen, thirteen and four. If you go thirteen and four, but you don't win the division, I can't really say nothing to you, Doc. You know what I mean? If the other team is going either thirteen and four or fourteen and three, that was just your bad luck on this particular year. Uh, but for me, it's far, far, far more important uh, that they play well. Heading into the playoffs. And I'm not talking about like we've seen in the past where they're blowing out bad teams. They got to play good teams to get into the playoffs and get the seed that they want. And so if they go 3-1 and one in the, over this next stretch, I'm here to tell y'all, that's a hell of a record to, against the teams that they got if they can figure out to go 3-1. and one. Uh, What's also going to tell us a lot about Dak. Uh, Dak is playing his best football right now. Um, and I'm glad you want to be playing your best football going into a big game. That's what they're doing right now, and uh, I think you're right. The next month will tell us whether he's going to be the MVP, and uh, I don't think he worried about it. I don't think he think about it. I think he just knows if I play well, uh, the MVP is coming. Uh, and with that, let's uh, give my boy Todd Archer a call. He's brought to you each and every Wednesday by Smokey John's Barbecue, and uh, we'll get his take on uh, the huge game coming up this week as well as Dak for the MVP. Hello. What's up, Tom? What up, dog? What's, what's going oh. on? Not much, man. Uh, Big Joe and the Big Rick thanks you guys are kindred spirits. Why that? And... Uh, because we because we because get on we get on Jock's ass, that's why. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. We good we good like that. See? I, <laughs> I knew you was like that. Now now mind you, he we just came up with that care. out the blue. There was nah. Yeah. There was no prompt for that. Yeah, it he was. Just, he yeah, just it came was. up with it. Yeah, it was. He said, Let's make sure we call Todd on time because when we late. Mm. See, I'm a snitch right here, right now. You damn right you snitching. Well, you ain't worth a shit. It ain't dry snitching. Snitching is a necessary <laughs> evil sometimes. I'm going to tell you. This guy, he talking about, hey, let's make sure we call Todd on time because he come on here with some kind of smart-ass remark if we late. <laughs> uh, Jacques, Jacques, knows my, Jacques you know, knows my line. If you can't be on time, be early. There you go. You Kendall, know, at least Kendall you quoted me correctly. Kendall Spears, bro. Bust his ass. Go ahead. Now, then, now I'm going to snitch on you. You probably cost your brother a lot of ass whippings growing up. Not at all. With that kind of behavior. I was the big brother. Uh, I was the youngest. I had no chance. There you go. <laughs> uh, we just finished an uh, engaging conversation about Dak for the MVP. Uh, what is your take on the MVP conversation as it re- relates to uh, the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys? I mean, he's he's near or at the top of the list, right? I mean, I, I don't know. 
and, and look, these next four games are going to decide it. I'm not saying he's got to go four and zero, but if he does go four and zero, I mean, I guess you can still take Brock Purdy if you want, or Tyreek Hill if you want. Um, but he will have had an even if he didn't win it, he will have had an MVP season. And I say that because of all the stuff, as we talk about every week, that a Cowboys quarterback has to deal with. It's it's different. No, right. no offense to San Francisco, and yeah, they've had Steve Young and Joe Montana, but the level of vitriol that the Cowboys quarterback has to face, that any Niners quarterback has to face, is minimal. Right? I mean, and, and it's not because of Staubach and Aikman. It's because... The Cowboys are the Yankees. The Cowboys are Duke basketball. The Cowboys are whatever you want to be where they're so popular, but a lot of that popularity becomes comes from the hate that people have for them as someone who hates the Yankees and hates Duke basketball can attest to. Uh, so <laughs> uh, I, I would say he's right there at the top of the list. And, you know, I know he's at the top of the betting list right now. He's got a chance to cement it. I was surprised, Jacques. The Cowboys have only had one MVP in the history of their organization, Emmett, in 93. Oh. I was going to say, let me figure out who it was. Is that right? Uh, yeah. You know what? I could kind of see that only because they were the kind of team that spread the ball around so much. They've always had triplets. They've always had a quarterback, a running back, a wide receiver when they were at their very best. Uh, if you go back to, uh, you know, Roger, Tony, and Drew, or if you go to Troy, Emin, and Mike. Um, and there's a reason why all six of those cats are in the Hall of Fame. So I can kind of see why they've only had one. A guy named uh, Captain America didn't win an MVP? All the comeback Dude. wins that he had? Like, I don't know. That, that, that surprised me. Okay, while we're speaking about surprises, I think me and uh, Joe talked about this for just a minute. Uh, I was kind of – oh, I know we talked about it. Like – as great as Troy Aikman is to our to us and, and the way we view him and the way we think about him and see him, I was doing something, man. I was like, I couldn't believe he only had one season with more than 20 touchdowns and that yeah. he only had like 24 more touchdowns and interceptions. And then I look back and I go, you know what? He really had like five fantastic seasons or really, really outstanding seasons, but the beginning and the end, you know, were not good. That, that surprised me because, you know, when Jack was at two games ago where he tied Romo for the most 20 touchdown pass seasons, I think with seven now, I'm like, oh, okay, how I many did Troy, you know, Troy's got to be second in that list because they <laughs> threw the ball a little bit. But no, Danny White's in second most at four. So then I'm like, wait, yeah. but where's Troy? And he had one. The only, I think he only had one other season where he had 19 touchdown passes. But now let's go look at Troy's postseason record, especially during the, the, yeah. that Super Bowl run. And Troy's the definition of winning is what matters, right? And that's why he's viewed the way he's viewed. And not just that, but in the playoffs, he balled out. And if you need yeah. and, you know, he would show you in the playoffs that, oh, you know, if you need me to throw for 300, I can. I just don't because of the way our team is built and what we do and how we win, I don't have to. And, uh, I mean, he's talked a little bit about it before, but just about what it would have been like for him to have Dan Marino's offense. He could just drop back and throw it, you know, 30, 35 times a game. 
Um, but and anyway, he still would have been in the uh, Hall of Fame. He just probably wouldn't have, same as Reno, you never ring. But he still would have been in the Hall right. of Fame. <laughs> yeah, because no, he's, a, he's obviously he's a great quarterback. But um, as we look at uh, this week's game, what I mean, it's obviously it's early in the week, but what's your initial thought about the game um, as we head into it? I mean, I go I go back to the game that they played against them, what, five weeks ago, whatever it was. Um, I think Dak should be able to throw it over, all over the yard on them. Offensive line's playing better than that now. I, I realize Seattle game, Seattle had a, some pressure on, on Dak and Zach and more. Um, but, you know, th- there's some issues on that Philadelphia defense, either at the linebacker or the secondary level beyond that defensive line that, the Cowboys were able to expose the first time. He threw for 374 yards. And not just the Cowboys, if we're being honest. You go back and look at it, there's a whole bunch of quarterbacks that have thrown for more than 300 yards on Philadelphia this year. Um, so I think from that perspective, I think the Cowboys are going to be able to move the ball. We'll, we'll get into Shaq Leonard, I guess. But I don't think if Shaq Leonard plays this week, he's going to make that big of a difference for them, not knowing much of the defense. And then on the on the, for the Cowboys defense, this is the game. And I know Mike had what a sack and a half maybe in that first game against them. This is the the yeah. team or the offense that puts Mike in a bind more than any other offense. And I don't know it's because okay. of the guys he's going against. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I I wish I could give you like the Johnny Football answer. I just I, I'm going to ask Mike that question. We talked to him either on Wednesday or Thursday. But it, you know some of the stuff that they do with their quarterback kind of leaves him hedging his bed a little bit and doesn't know whether where to go or stay or whatever. Um, and and it, they have really good linemen. I mean, Lane Johnson's really good. Mayalata's really good. Uh, the guys he goes against, and, you know, if, if they want to play him off the ball, well, their, their guards are decent, maybe not what they were, and Kelsey's still one of the best centers in the league. Uh, so I, I think they kind of – they don't give him fits – but it's probably harder for him against the Eagles than any other team. I can see that. I, I will tell you what I noticed uh, when they played San Francisco this week is, even though they got blown out, and I've seen this guy play before, but it really stood out to me this time because I was kind of looking at him a few times. That dude, Lane Johnson, the right tackle, oh, he the real deal now because uh, he stood up Nick Bosa three or four times and just be like, no, nah, dog, this snap, I'm whooping your ass. And that doesn't happen yeah. to Nick Bosa very often. No, yeah, I mean, he's probably a Hall of Fame guy at the end of his career. I, I, to me, he has an unbelievable tell in his stance that you should be able to know when it's a pass and a run, but a lot of times it just doesn't matter. He's so athletic and and <laughs> he, he can make up right. for it or, you know, or he can give away – what they're doing and you still struggle against them. But no, he's a great player. And I, what I think is funny is uh, in the off season, he's one of the hosts of that O-line mastermind deal right next to the star. Right. So, you know, <laughs> he calls Dallas home. He calls Frisco home for a few days uh, in the summertime, which is kind of, kind of funny. Well, he's from, right, what he's is, from uh, East what? Texas. He's from East Texas. He went to kill, I mean, kill Okay. I knew the OU um, stuff. I knew, I didn't know if he was a uh, Texas guy. Yep. Back when he was a quarterback? Back when he was a quarterback. It's crazy. Yeah. I know. It's wild. Uh, what uh, What is the plan for Terrence Steele this week? Because you can't function 
if you can't block. And he had a horrible game uh, last time against Philadelphia. I, I'm going to break news here for you, Jacques. Uh, play better than you did the last time. <laughs> I mean, it's as simple as that. <laughs> I mean, well, and he has I played know, better. But he has played better than he did against them, you know, in that game. That was, I mean, I'll call it the worst game of his career. He might call it the worst game of his career. He was just a guy that struggled, you know, for lack of a better word. Um, but yeah. I think he's been better, uh, much better since then. And I think he probably feels a lot better than he did going into that game too. So, you know, there's a chance for him to to rebound and, and set a different story for him and how he plays this week. But again, the Eagles' strength, it's their front. I mean, it's Redick, it's it's Graham, it's Cox, it's uh, Jordan Davis, it's the Carter kid from Georgia. I mean, you know, that that's their strength. So the Cowboys better be able to block them up. Um because right. you're going to have to make some plays against that secondary. Yeah. Hey, uh, Joe, give Taj your theory on why Tony Pollard is running better. Well, he's uh, deciding to be more physical than me. He's trying. He hitting the hole harder like uh, Rico Dowdell is. Like he kind of, you know, instead of trying to wait, 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 and accelerate, to me he's doing more one-cut stuff. Is that what you was looking for? Because I, I, there's a lot of different reasons. Why he running better? Well, I mean, yeah. I thought you were, I thought you was going with, with the toss plays. Oh well, yeah, they they running the toss, yeah, better than that. That's his play right there, where he can read, 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 then accelerate. I like him on that better than a lot of the off tackle stuff. But when he run off tackle, he has been hitting that thing, you know, one cut and go, taking kind of taking the cue from uh, Dowler when they run. So yeah, and and I'll, I'll you know the the boring stuff too is. The offensive lines play together. They're getting a better feel. I think the coaches have done a jo- better job, or McCarthy's done a better job of giving them runs that fit what they do better than early in the season. But I, and I thought I think you spot on with the, the physical part of Tony running. And I was going to go more. You're at the beginning. I was going to the end. I was going with how he's finished. And you think of the touchdown run against Carolina, where he runs over Xavier Woods. Uh, the right. My, the touchdown run was it last week against Seattle, where he kind of carried another guy into yep. the end zone. Yep. Um, so you, I, I think his finish has been fairly has been unbelievably strong as as well as the the stuff that you, that you were talking about. And maybe there is an element what Dowdle's done and saying, okay, I need to get my act together here. I'm going to start losing playing time. Although, <laughs> yep. I think yep. McCarthy said something, and I didn't look it up yet. That Pollard right. played seventy plays against the uh, against Seattle. Was that? I mean, I know Dottle's been banged up. I don't think the Cowboys want to go there with Tony and play him that much, especially with what they no, got. No, that would. Up. Uh, yeah, no, that would be a hell of a lot of plays. Although I saw the sounds from the sideline, and at one point I did hear him say, "Let Reek go get some." <laughs> He's like, "I need a breather right now." Uh, let me see. He did play uh, Tony Pollard. I was looking it up right now. Sixty-nine snaps against uh, yeah. Seattle. And, uh, I mean, had, and, and I know Dotto uh, was dealing with a. He was dealing. He's been dealing with an ankle injury and all that. And they don't have a another tailback active. I mean, I guess you can give uh, 
Lipke some some run, at, at, you know, late in the game if you want. But no, nah, I, I, you know, here's one other thing. You think What's Tony's kind of saying, "Screw it, I'm on the franchise tag. This is gonna, I gotta, not, you know, this was my payday, and now I'm just gonna just go and not worry about the next. Now, you, I don't know. You know what? I would, I would not be surprised. If there was at some point some kind of um, the word I want to say is, oh, I thought maybe I had a long term future here. I don't really think I do. So I just need to go on and play and make sure I got I look good for my next team next year. Uh, without it being like an over overly negative situation, more like a reality of this is what it's going to be. Yeah. You know, but. Because uh, he just looks a lot different. So hopefully, but he's playing really well now, and so I think um, you know they they need that. I don't think I think he has to have a really good game, uh, you know, in the seventy yard range. But if, but even more than seventy yards is you know he needs to be well over four yards of carry. Yeah, yeah, for them to for them to win, uh, because it means that they're running the ball effectively. Uh, what do you take, uh, Jake Ferguson? Seems to me like he's emerging. Not just as a uh, as a player, but as one of them dudes that helps helps you set the tone. Yeah, and I wrote about that. I think it's on the uh, ESPN dot com today, uh, Tuesday, when we talk here live on the radio or on your internet or whatever the heck we're doing. Um, yeah, like, um, and the lead to the story was getting hit by Condre Diggs right there after the first down catch and getting up and putting the first round uh, sign right in his face. Yep. John with Jamal Adams. Like, that. that's um, – I won't use the term that we've used, but I'll call it another. That's showing you got some crap in your neck, and you're not going to take yeah. it. And I think every offense kind of needs that. And yeah. he, he's, he's, he's a better athlete than people think. He's better at the ball in his hands. And people think he's a solid blocker. Um, I did. I wondered why he didn't play more last year. To be honest with you, McCarthy kept coming back to, well, his weight fluctuates, strength, yada yada yada. But okay, I mean, if you if, if you earn the right to play, you should play. And I think now we're seeing why the Cowboys didn't make the the biggest of efforts to keep Dalton Schultz because they felt like they had one. And Jake Ferguson. Oh yeah, like and they knew I mean, they were yeah, yeah. going to draft one. So. Yeah, like I thought, uh, you know, Dalton Schultz was a very productive player, but Jake is clearly more athletic and can make a few things happen in the open field. And I'm talking about when you guys see him catch it, turn and go. Um, he got a, he got a little bit of a gear. He ain't got no turbo button, but he can downshift on him. Uh, but more importantly, he's a better blocker. And there's something to be said, man, about just having some attitude and bringing some of the guys with you in terms of we don't take shit from nobody. And he's got that kind of attitude. And I think whenever you got some guys like that and it's natural, it always helps your team. Yeah, and look, every tight end is going to be compared to Witten around here. Witten probably wasn't as demonstrative, demonstrative about it as Ferguson right. was. But if, if football players didn't have helmets, we would know how much crap Witten talked during the course of a game to everybody. Yep. Much yep. more than we do. Yep. So remember when they took his uh, remember when they took his helmet in Detroit? 
Yeah. And he was about no, to whip was, the oh, whole yeah, team. Yeah. 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 Jason Jason was wild. <laughs> yeah. He was he was tough. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were talking about when his helmet came off against Philadelphia and he had blood coming out of his nose. That too. Um, but like, that, yeah, that I mean, that stuff kind of matters and can kind of inspire and, and uh, help your team, you know, in, in tough situations. And you know, this is where I, this is the one time I'm going to pat myself on the back. We had the combine two years yeah. ago in Indianapolis, and uh, we're, we're BSing with. Uh, with McCarthy in the hotel lobby and the tight ends just worked out. And, and he was like, Oh, who you guys like? I said, take the Ferguson kid from Wisconsin. Swear to God, honestly. Now, why'd you say that? I don't know. Like Wisconsin tight ends. I, I kind of like them because they do have to do so much stuff. Hand on the ground. They can, you know, catch the ball. They don't play with the best quarterback. So it's not going to be, the, the smoothest of receptions all the time where everything is put there for you. So you got to make some difficult plays. He was a guy that, that I liked coming into that draft a lot. So I will take credit for the Cowboys drafting Jake Ferguson. There you go. Oh, don't worry. We're going to give you plenty of credit for that too. Plenty of credit. <laughs> Todd, I should draft pick uh, Jason Ferguson with a uh, Jake Ferguson with a, with another big grab. Hey, what do you think about the uh, – because, again, for whatever reason, nobody talks about Mike McCarthy very much when they talk about this team and why they're playing and how they're, they seem to be poised to win double-digit games for the third consecutive year, which hasn't happened uh, since forever. Uh, what do you think he's done? To, where is he making a difference on his team? Well, I mean, you, you go with Fences doing just really well. Beer. That's not a beer. That's something – BS energy drink that you think is healthy. Um, uh, or, or some, uh, one of those bogus salsa things that you there drink. There you go. That See, he going never, on with they, it. Ne- <laughs> they never taste good, but you seem to think they do. Um, that would uh, be spiced McCarthy. apple Waterloo to you, sir. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Sponsorship from them. After good I and good for you. It is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where are we talking about McCarthy? I was going to say, but you two kindred you, you spirits him, can go to hell. You got to give him credit for the play calling, what you're doing offensively, and mostly like how he's adapted and changed, honestly, since the Philadelphia game with motions and shifts and and, and realizing we're not going to be able to run the damn ball the way I want, so let's use Dak more and the, and the receivers more and the tight ends more. Uh, so give him credit for that. But I think from a big-picture perspective as a head coach, like – how do I say this the right way? A lot of head coaches make it about themselves. And right, that right. helps them win the PR battle. Mike really doesn't. Like, he doesn't care about, I'm sure he, no, let me, I'm sure he cares about he cares. the credit he deserves, but it's not what drives him and motivates him to say, I want to be atop the coach's power rankings. Like, if you had to tell people right. that he is, above some of the people he is in the all-time win list, I think they'd be stunned. Like Bud Grant, Mike Holmgren, guys like that. Like, right. I, and, and for whatever reason, he's never gotten credit. And, and, you know, we always use the Sean Payton thing. It hangs on Mike that he only won one Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. It never hangs on Sean Payton that he won one Super Bowl with Drew Brees. 
right? right? I mean, we can you can blame the refs and some stuff in the Super Bowl er, playoffs in New Orleans, but so it doesn't matter. Um, and I, I think what McCarthy does is like keeps the players' interests at the top of his mind and knows how to keep them fresh and rested. Like it was three games in thirteen days. He did his, and now he's on a later schedule where, you know, they're not going to be. In, they have two more padded practices. I'm sure they'll be in pads on Thursday, but he might monitor that. Or, you know, not go for the rest of the year. So I think, like, he knows how to keep the players fresh and rested and ready to go for what's the most important day, which is game day, and that means, as you know, not always just wearing on them and beating them down and building toughness that way, but trusting them to, to get the job done. And I think that's the players have kind of responded to that. Yeah, I, I would, uh, I would agree with that. Um, I think it's a, uh, I think he's just done a terrific job of managing all those things. I think uh, what you say is true is that he's not necessarily out there searching and looking and seeking for credit. And I think players appreciate that because we all know coaches who do. And so, um, you know, he's, he's doing a good job and uh, you know, we rip people when they don't go do a good job, and I, I try to make it a point to at least make sure we point it out when uh, when guys are doing a good job. Uh, right, and we would like to catch, go back, your, but this, hold on, hold on a second. This is where we get to when the playoff starts, the clock resets because he was brought here yes. to do something Jason Garrett didn't do. So if it's three years right. of double-digit wins, and you know, getting into the playoffs three straight years, first time since the mid '90s, hey, that's all well and good. But that's not good enough, right? I mean, so the the ultimate judgment of Mike McCarthy comes in January and maybe even February. And you know what's weird is, um, to me, like that's a uh, it's, it'll just be interesting to see how it plays out because I think that's what the key is. You know, uh, everybody wants him to get to the MC Championship game and have a crack at the Super Bowl. Uh, that road is very difficult, though, because they're probably going to have to go on the road to make it happen. And so, once again, it's like, you know, what kind of performance can you put in, and can you can you dial it up? Because you know the the first the last two playoff performances have been disappointing in their own rights. And so, it's can you get to a point where the performance is like, oh, okay, win or lose, yeah. We see what you're doing. We love the performance. Because if it's a third straight disappointing performance, that's where it gets tricky. I lost you. Especially since now I'm back. I was going to say, especially since your owners talked about, I could see us being a championship team along with two or three others. Uh, so it's, it's, you know, only one team can win, but it matters how you play in the playoffs. And it matters how they look in the playoffs, whether we ended up saying, damn, can't believe they lost that game or wow they got smoked again right and that's the thing against the Niners these last two years in the playoffs both those games have been one score games they might not have felt like it when they're watching it live but they're still one right, score right, games. Right. like I, I think we all think all of these Niners losses have been 42 and not been the case now the Cowboys haven't played well in, in either of the playoff games against them but they still had chances to do something late um, and didn't get it done. And, and 
ultimately you're judged. Him and Dak, it's going to be the same, man. It's all it's all well and good what you did in the regular season, and not, but you're ultimately going to be judged by what you do the first couple weeks, the, the second, third week of January, and if you make it to February. Uh, last thing, what's your take on the college football playoff, man? Everybody's got one. Um, I mean, I feel bad for Florida State, but I didn't want to see Florida State play Michigan a one-versus-four game because, you know, their their offense stinks. And, and <laughs> I'm not – I hate to say it that way, but, and look, they, okay, the, the router maker kid might have been back, but – Right. I don't know. I mean, they, they struggled against the Louisville team that lost the week before to Kentucky. I mean, I, right. I did what they did. I don't know if it's right or wrong, but I get it. And I mean, we won't have this uh, level of vitriol coming out when they go to 12 teams because when you're arguing over who was the 12th, 13th, or 14th best team, who cares? <laughs> you weren't no. going to win the title anyway. Yeah. So. Right. I, I, but I'm not into the conspiracy theories. Like, I mean, I guess you can make the argument that maybe the SEC shouldn't get a bye week uh, or, or a bye into the into the CFP every year, uh, just because of the they're the SEC. When you can say, didn't the ACC have a better record against the, them as a as a whole this year? Now I don't know how many of those wins came against like Vanderbilt or Mississippi State or something right. like that. I don't I don't know, but. Um, but I feel bad for Florida State, but I get what I get. What, so, so that's really not a sexy answer, I guess, because I don't know. <laughs> no, as no someone who attended the Pac-12 yeah, I was at the Pac-12 championship game uh, last week, the Washington Oregon game, and I just kept coming oh, back to you. like, as some as like when you're watching the game, watch the NFL, and you watch college football. Like I sent a scout buddy of mine, I'm like. How can you tell if any of these quarterbacks are any good? Because these defenses are so bad. Like, there's just so much <laughs> space available. Like, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Uh, just the, the level of defense in, in college football compared to the NFL is, is night and day. And I, and I can understand, as someone who doesn't watch college football religiously like you guys all do, I, I understand, like, why you get people have the passion about it, but let's not act like it's a superior product. Okay, old man, go. get off my lawn. <laughs> I, I, look, and all right, now let me talk out of both sides of my mouth. I love I love college basketball more than the NBA because I, I, okay, I, I, it's the passion you know that that's involved with it. But I'm not sitting there saying that it's a better product than the NBA. It's not. Okay, I just like it better. Uh, I feel you because uh, college basketball probably lost me sometime in the last decade. Like, I don't even, outside of the tournament, I don't even watch it at all. I don't even watch my boys because I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Uh, and it's probably what you're saying. Uh, because the game, to me, it's like, eh, the level is so far off from the NBA, I have a hard time watching it. So, I get yeah. what you're saying. 
I mean, uh, and it was a last, great atmosphere inside the Vegas stadium and all that stuff. And, and I got to say, it's like, you know, we haven't been there yet with the Cowboys. The place is pretty loud, but, man, that place is pretty small. Like, when you think of all the new stadiums today and what they look like and all that stuff. Right. Ooh, man. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, Ty's wife is some of the best perks in the business. And that's one of them. So uh, y'all keep enjoying that. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> All right, brother. I appreciate you. All right. Sounds good. All right. Take care, man. See you guys. All right. Later. Yep. later. And that is, uh, that is Todd Archer brought to you by Smokey John's Barbecue each and every Wednesday right here on Jacques Talk. We've been trying to get – see, I tried to get, I tried to get it done today. Take the damn session bowl out there, way to the other side of the world. I had a helicopter gassed up. I was going to make that trip out there, and I got told, uh, nah, I don't really think so. Um, so we're going to try again, and that's a jam session bowl from Smokey John's Barbecue. You have to go try it, okay? You need to. Knock it off your bucket list. You know, go to south of France, spend some time in Italy, get a jam session bowl from Smokey John's over there at 1820 West Mockingbird. It is to live for. It's a bowl with either mashed potato base or mac and cheese base. Your boy likes the mashed potato base, really. Okay? That's just how I get down. And then your choice out of two out of five smoked meats. I usually rock with the brisket and the sausage. And then everything you find on the loaded baked potato, sour cream, chives, bacon bits, butter, cheese, all of that good stuff, man. That's what they put on the jam session bowl. Okay? It's fantastic. Then they either drizzle it with sauce, they drench it with sauce, your choice. And then you sit down there and you just fill your mouth with joy. I mean, that's really what is, that's really how it goes down. Now, if you got a little shorty, that's five or six, maybe even seven, three of y'all can eat off of it. No problem whatsoever. All right? Now, you got to have Smokey John's a little more frequently than that. You can go to the Marketplace on the website, SmokeyJohns.com. Click on the Marketplace. And you can order the rub or the sauce. My former partner, Matt McLaren, used to drink it straight from the bottle. No cap. Really. And uh, you can order it from there and have it at your crib in a couple days. Or you can go out to uh, H-E-B in Frisco. Pick up the rub. It's on the shelves. It's that easy. Have you want it, you get Smokey John's Barbecue. You just need to get it. Fill your mouth with joy. I do on a regular basis. Don't forget, I used to be a fat guy. I can put it down at the, at the proper time. Uh, but uh, go to Smokey John's. Give it a shot. Uh, you can thank me later, okay? And always, when you go, send me a picture that says, hey, I went to Smokey John's. Here's what the jam session bowl was. And remember, it's on the secret menu. You ain't going to find it on the menu. You got to ask for it. Hey, I'm at a jam session bowl. Huh? What? Yeah, jam session bowl. It's delicious. And it's... Uh, Smokey John's Barbecue, which brings us Todd Archer each and every Wednesday right here at Jacques Talk. Let's go to the block, my friend. I have a few things to discuss with you. To the block we go. I like that. Now, let me ask you something, Doug. Are you a uh, Amazon shopper with regularity? Pretty much. Okay. Amazon... I used to get cussed out for shopping at Amazon so much. But I like Amazon. I like Amazon's convenience. Real talk. I like Amazon's prices for the most part. 
What I like about Amazon is you can pretty much find whatever it is you're looking for, pretty much, whether it's food, whether it's something to wear, whether it's electronic, you can find it there. And normally, because they've eliminated the middleman, it's normally a better price than you can find it in the store. And if you don't need it today, this moment, this instant, you can get it. Now, I got Amazon Prime. I can't speak for whether most people have that or not. But most of the time, you get it the next day. And these days, depending on what it want, I can order something this morning, and it could be here by 2 or 3 o'clock this afternoon. Yep. So that's cool. Uh, with Christmas shopping, Amazon is great. You can do what? Christmas gifts I bought for my dad? Had that thing delivered to Buffalo. I ain't even got to worry about it. It's already in the box. I ain't even got to wrap it. How about that? Uh, you ordering stuff for your kids or whatever? You ain't got to go brave the people out there in the streets. They'll send it to your house. It's already boxed up. Now, you can put wrapping paper on it. Or if your kids are older like mine, you be like, hey, here go the box. Open that thing up. So I love Amazon. It's a wonderful thing. I have to keep myself off Amazon because uh, I will buy something on Amazon almost every day. Now, as I say that, Here's my public address announcement to y'all. Beware this time of year of those people who we have now called the porch pirates. You know, people who steal your packages if you live in a home off your, off your front, front porch. They, get, they out this time of year. If you live in an apartment building like me, even if it's a secure building, it's a nice building. I mean, once again, I got a... I got a I got like the best I'm looking at a picturesque view of downtown right now. To the far right is Reunion Tower. To the far left is one of those bridges, the Margaret Bridge. And I just see a plane from Southwest Airlines flying across the horizon. This is beautiful. It's a pretty day outside. Yep. You know. But even if you got an apartment building like mine, that's really nice. I got a good view too. People will still of what, though? I can see my neighbor's house to the right. I can see my neighbor's house to the left. <laughs> I can see my neighbor's house across the street. And I just saw, you know, I saw the doggone. Uh, uh, I can see when the male person come up. So, I don't know. I'm just saying. I just. Hey, man, it's, it's, it's all about good, that, I mean, I'm just saying, you know. It ain't downtown sorry, Dallas. Man, I, it ain't downtown Dallas, but, you know. Not like I, okay, not like you know, I care. But, all you right. Know, one then, reason I live. One reason I live downtown is you know took me on this exit ramp. Yeah. I love the energy of downtown. I just I just be feeling good just walking around downtown. Just, I ain't got to do nothing. I just feel good just because I like yeah. So what's up? Yeah, I like uh, that. But anyway, too. me too. I like the feeling of walking outside to my fresh cut grass and going to the mailbox right. in the mail and walking back. Right. See, I don't like none of that. I ain't trying. To, I ain't yeah, trying to that's what no I'm grass. saying. I'm that. sitting on the back porch, you know, my patio. I don't care nothing about no downtown. Now, see, now oh. see, instead of patio, I go up to the seventh floor and sit on top of there in the middle of the day sometimes. I have a little right, cocktail, right. a little Ciroc with right. some Waterloo sparkling water. Oh. And I got a, a beautiful view of downtown. I got my own patio, at least until somebody else show up. Uh, but here was my point. You know, you got, you got, you got porch pack pirates in apartment building, too. Because sometimes if the locker... Lockers that they put your packages in are too full or your package is too big, they just set it out. Now they send you an alert and you got to go get it. 
But dog, I had a first yesterday, man. Now I don't need any smart comments from the peanut gallery here. I had ordered a couple of bottles of shea butter lotion, okay? A couple. Of <laughs> <laughs> I just told you. Nah, you don't I didn't the, need no comments from the peanut gallery. You man. don't get the. You don't get the preface. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get the preface. Nothing like that, dog. Yeah. Okay, with your shea butter. Go ahead, man. I'm sorry, man. Go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, me. Uh, I had a, <laughs> one of them was lemon sage. The other was grapefruit based. So did you, and, you and your son? Lemon. You and your son talk about that for fifteen minutes. No, but that's, that's just stop, man. I'm but, just uh, asking, man. I'm yeah. just going off what you're saying, cause I can call my daughter right now, uh. and I can tell you our conversation the other day was the the the, dis- the discipline of a double action trigger. Think about that. I knew you was going to say something like I, that. This, hey, this, man. That's what we talked about. And I can send her a picture hey, of 223 it, and say, when we going to the range? And she know exactly what I'm talking about. But that's just me, though. Huh? Hey, metro sex with your ass off. But go ahead. I'm just saying. Okay, just, just for the record. Just for the record. Uh-huh. My son also sent me a text yesterday of some wonderfully air fry prepared salmon and tilapia Roger and brown that. rice that he had prepared. Yeah. And... He started the day yesterday, because he's normally don't get up to like 10, 30, 11, because all his classes are in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. He shocked me by being up early. Mm-hmm. He sent me a text at 7.38 in the morning, and you know what it said? What's that? Dad, did you know Kyle McCord was in the, was in the, in the portal? What are we going to do at quarterback? That's my dude right there. Yeah, y'all going to be better, because he suck anyway. Right. I saw that. Yeah, but... <laughs> But the point is, we could talk about metrosexuality and lotion mm-hmm. and uh, fragrances and soap and aromatherapy, and we could talk about Ohio State football all in the same conversation. And it's all the and same thing. that's a thing. beautiful thing. All right, then. Uh, yeah. So, but dog, so I had ordered a couple of uh, tubes of shea butter, and I was very excited about their arrival. And so I got the alert from Amazon. You got a couple packages. One package, and I again, I don't need no comments. You just sit over there and listen. Why one you, package. You, you can't preface nothing. <laughs> my, my mic is wide open, so I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Go ahead. Go ahead. One, one package had my, my lavender and orange. Ooh, uh, one of them is lavender. One of them was orange. Uh, essential oils for my aromatherapy uh, humidifier. And then, and then the other package... Had my two bottles, my two tubes of shea butter. So, dog, I went to the locker, and it opened up, and I got the box, and I shook it. I go, okay, this must be the bottles of essential oils. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to have the humidifier thumping going on uh, in a little bit. And then the other locker opened, clink, and you know what it was? It was an envelope, and, dog, I looked at the envelope, and the first thing I said to myself is, self, why does it look like the corner of this envelope has been opened? But I didn't think of anything else about it. And then I opened up the package, dog. Why is one of my tubes of shea butter missing? Gone. Somebody has absconded with it, man. Somebody has People absconded. are bad. Absconded. Dog. I'm sure. It, I'm just going to say it. It had to be whoever delivered it. They, I mean, I don't know. 
It was probably some other because I don't very actually I don't I see more males uh, delivering Amazon packages than I see women. Uh, there's some dude, probably metrosexual like myself, felt the package and said, "Oh, this feels like shea butter tubes." I wonder if there is, and he peeked in it. <laughs> he peeked in it and saw that it was, and he's like, "Well, I can't take both of them. They're gonna file a report. If I just take one, maybe it'll be okay." Nah, dog, it's not okay. No way, shape, or form. Chump or chump it. Nah, I hit Amazon up like, hey, my package was not delivered properly. I need it replaced. And so uh, the thing I like about Amazon is a lot of times you don't get a lot of fuss about it. And they said, so you need the uh, lemon sage uh, shea butter replaced? And I was like, yes, I do. And so uh, the new tube should arrive today. But this is just a warning to y'all. Enjoy your shopping on Amazon. Get all your, gross, all your Christmas shopping done. But beware of porch pirates, whether you live in a building downtown like myself or you live in suburbia like Big Joe and the Big Rig. Beware your packages. Thieves are looming. May you burn in hell. Whoever stole my shea butter. That's all. I got you. That's going <laughs> to be one nice smelling criminal, huh? I, he, he might Duh. be a thief, but he going to smell good, right? <laughs> Right, hey man, it's, it's the principle behind it, man. It's the principle behind What's it. What's that stuff called? Um, Shea butter, man. No, the 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 the, the, the person what, on the other side. I, I don't know. Oh, they had the, the, the thief. Lemon, no, the lemon, Criminal? the lemon butter, pepper, paper, shea butter. What was it called? Lemon, lemon sage, shea butter, man. Yeah, and don't call it lemon pepper. That's I don't know, me, man. Bro. I'm just asking, man. Whatever, I. Uh, now, some of y'all know I've been watching The Wire, but I'm going to switch it up on you, man. Because I also started watching The Sopranos. You can do both at the same time because they're two yeah. different shows. They're two different things. Okay, and I'm not breaking news here. Okay, I'm really not. But I just felt like talking about it for a little bit this morning. Uh, Tony Soprano. How would you describe Tony Soprano? Psycho. Undisciplined. Um. Nah, the movies they do a good job of trying to make you love somebody that ain't worth a damn. And Dude, he ain't worth a damn. Don't they though? Uh-huh. He ain't worth a shit. Uh-huh. And but he up there pouring his heart out to his psychologist. You know, I think one of the funniest things in the world is his psychologist got a psychologist. I just laugh every time I think about that. Uh, but here's the thing about James Gallofini. And again, I'm not trying to break no news, but I just started watching The Sopranos. Is it Gallifini? And a friend of mine asked, Gallifini. Uh, one of the reasons I started watching The Sopranos, I never saw The Sopranos, is why? It came on Sunday night. I've been busy with football for the last 25 years on Sunday nights. And as much as I heard about it, I didn't hear anything so compelling to make me watch it. Well, now my schedule is freed up as president of JJT Media Group. I can do whatever I want to with a reason. And so now I have time to watch it. And what I'm going to say, again, I'm not breaking news, is my God, what a great job he does with that character. And I'm talking about you as a former thespian. See, I'll let people know that. Well, because I'm, I'm, a, former, before I call him a former thespian, it's Gandalfini, G-A-N-D. But go ahead. If you're going to talk about that show, you need to get them names. Yeah, right. Gandalfini. There you go. Mutter. I like the way he says mutter. But uh, 
he does things with his eyes, man, during that character. And I just be like, wow. You know, sometimes if wide open, sometimes they have like a wild man look to him. Sometimes they have like a very devious look to him. But the things he does with his eyes and his mannerisms, I'm like, he. Uh, all the good uh, actors, Salmo. all the good actors do that. Denzel don't have to say nothing, you know, and you know what, yeah, you know what he's thinking. That's all the good actors can do uh, that. Daniel Day Lewis, I think, Denzel, I think, people like that. I think the difference is, and, and what you say is 100% right. The difference is when they're doing episodic TV, especially if you binge it. And you really see it show after show, scene after scene. You just like, damn, that dude is doing that thing. He playing that role, and it's to the point where you like, I can't really picture nobody else playing that role. Which is what, as an actor, you know, it's always funny when you go back and say, oh, you know, this guy was offered the role and turned it down, and then this this person took it, and it became this super duper movie. That's part of the director's job, though, to make sure he get what he's supposed to get. The director got some control in there, uh, too. Yeah, it's uh, but it's just amazing, his performance, um, you know, scene after scene, show after show. Because you're right, he is, a, he is crazy. He can usually, hug you in one moment. Usually HBO shows got the good ensemble in there. And that's that's, yeah, that's the no, whole thing. Uh, that makes the that makes the thing too. Because if I was married to his wife, I'd be doing that crazy stuff too. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what you mean, man? Well, she want this, but she 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 know how you get stuff, and then she want to do this, and then she want to do that, and then that voice. Hey, Tony, that's that right there. Oh no, you can't. So you're not down with Carmella. You like she part of the problem? No, I'm just saying the way she started going off. That yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, you know what? Yeah. I'm doing whatever you want, just so you can stop that. No, I was, uh, I had this revelation the other day, because, you know, and we'll make a list, I think, at the end, after I finish it, because you've seen it before, of your favorite characters, and then the most worthless characters, in terms of just bad people. And, dog, I told you his mama was low-key, like, one of the worst people ever. Well, his sister Janice... The apple don't fall far from the tree. She like one of the worst people ever, and she played a hell out of that role. Um, and I think that's probably why the show was great. They got like twelve people who played a hell out of their role, and I guess that's why the show was great. You think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, trying to remember who her brothers were. Um, what's my man in the? In the oh, um, God, you talking about Jim? Whose brothers? No, uh, the the. Uh, the, the sister, the, the the lady that plays Janice, her right. bro, her brother's a famous actress too. Oh, I don't know that. I, ain't yeah. even, I don't even know her name. Uh, but anyway, that's yeah. uh, well. that's uh, oh. And then I just saw how <laughs> here go the funny thing, man. Uh, you told me the other day we was talking about something. You said, "Hey, has Ralphie died yet?" And I said, "No, nah, but he deserved to." And I said, "Oh, he dies." <laughs> I mean, he done done enough crime that some that he should die. So I got to the part where he dies, and I'm like, oh. And you know what I like? I respected about Ralph at the end is he didn't care that it was Tony, the head of the mob, messing with him. He was just like, hey, it is what it is. And his true colors came out, and so he died being himself, which is all right. But duh, when they about to chop the body up, 
and your boy grab his head to position it and his and his uh toupee come off. Yeah. Man, I must have laughed at that for like two minutes, dog. <laughs> I was just yeah. like the absurdity of this is just hilarious to me. So um The Sopranos, very interesting show. It started slow, but uh as you get to see the characters develop and figure out who they really are, I see why people say it's the greatest show ever. I, I can see why people would say that, whether you agree or disagree. I can see why people would have the opinion that it's it's the greatest show ever. Yeah, uh, what's her name is uh, Janet. Janet is uh, Janice is uh, a Tuturo. So uh, John Tuturo and his brother. Oh, John, that's her brother. That's her oh, brother. Okay. Yeah, John Tuturo is yeah. a, a very good actor. Yeah. Very good actor. Yeah, she's a, she's a, she's his sister. But yeah, Ralphie. Right, well, that's Ralphie, Ralphie, Ralphie deserved whatever he got. Yeah, he did. He should have got it by ten, ten different times. Yeah. Uh, one time he showed up. Well, that's for our a trip. Meeting. One time he showed up for a meeting, and homeboy said, "You late?" He said, "Yeah, I'd be late, but you'd be stupid forever." <laughs> I did. That's pretty good, though. All right. No, that's uh, that's Ralphie, and that's what he do, man. Yeah. Uh, so that's our conversation about the Sopranos, and now. Uh, Let's uh, let's go to my last uh, my last thought for the day. It's got some college football. All right. So I was, uh, you know, I think Dion, and we we you know, it, this conversation all kind of linked together. But I was thinking about Dion today, and you know, I, I think you know people think Dion's going to the NFL, and I was like, he would never coach in the NFL. He's just like, well, how long will he coach in college? I said, well, he enjoys working with kids. I can see him coaching in college a long time. And now I'm starting to wonder, and here's why. Um, and it's based off a conversation I had with, as I told you, I ran into a, uh, a Power 12 offensive coordinator at the gym this morning. And uh, he's one of my boys. Uh, just literally just bumped into him as I was leaving. So we chopped it up for about 10 minutes. And he was telling me, um, he said, Doug, I knew the game. You got to listen to this, man. He said, I knew the game had changed. He said, when I was talking to, we had a big-time receiver at our program. And he was telling me he was going to jump in the portal. And I was talking to him, and he said, Coach, y'all just offered me $25K a month, man. Y'all underbidding me. And at that moment, he said, I looked in the kid's eyes, and I was like, the game done changed. Think about it. $25,000 a month, three, $300,000 a year, and you underbidding me. I need more than that. And, I, and here's how it relates as I was thinking about Dion. I was thinking, what is Dion? I've always thought Dion would succeed as a college coach. And that was before I went down and spent a, you know, a year with him at Jackson State to see how he really operates. Um, I remember saying this many times. I was talking to uh, his son Shiloh one time. He was having lunch, having a salad. And I said, hey, man, why do you think your, son, your dad has been successful coaching wherever he's been, whether it was youth, whether it was high school, now you're at Jackson State? And he took a bite of his salad, and he looked at me, and he, he, he wasn't being flippant at all. And he said, because he always got the best players. And he, kept, and he went back to eating his salad. And so if you think about Dion as a football coach and you think about college football and you say, okay, what is college football all about? It's about two things. They both overlap. They both intertwine. 
Being successful in college football is about, number one, can you acquire talent? That's through recruiting. Can you recruit? Number two, do you have a quarterback? Because <laughs> if you ain't have a quarterback, you can't play. Why was Deion successful at Jackson State? He could recruit. He had a quarterback. Okay. Um, here's my point, though. His greatest asset to me is his personality, his ability to get you to believe that you can do things that you may or may not have thought were possible, uh, his ability to connect with kids. All of that is great, but it don't mean poop if a kid, if my son is playing football like he did at DeSoto, and he was a big enough recruit to get recruited by D1 schools, and Dion said, hey, Mr. Taylor, let me bring your son to my place, and I can get him uh, 200000 I said, okay, that's great, man. And then Ohio State come in and say, hey, Mr. Taylor, we think your son is great. We can get him a million. Some parents might say, some might say, hey, I want you to go over here to this man who said he's going to turn you into a man and return you to me as a man, and 200000 is enough, and we can, we can work with that. Most parents, I believe, would be like, Coach Prime, can you get to like 800 and, and you know, we'll meet you there? And if he says, yeah, okay, fine. But it's hard to tell kids and their families, hey, turn down a million dollars. Or whatever it is, if it's substantially more than you've offered. Or, I mean, think about us as people. We go around looking for a car. One dealer says I sell it to you for 27000 You search around, another dealer says I sell it to you for $26,000. you are going to take the $26,000. All right? So it's just simple economics and it's just the way the game is played in life. And so I wonder if after a couple of years, if he says, you know, I'm just tired of, you know, I got in this to coach and work with kids and I want to win and compete. But the way the NIL is going, I can't compete. And so eh, it's, it's not what I thought it was. And let me go do something else that causes me less consternation. I wonder if uh, I think that's a real possibility as it goes more and more. Because I think it's going to be not what he thought it was well, you, when he signed up. You're talking it. about two different things. So you got the NIL, which is the money you make off of name, image, and likeness, and then you have right. the collective, which is the people that Correct. that pay you that extra money. So Correct. What what do Colorado? Is Colorado got money? Now you fixing to find out if do they have a collective? Do they have? I mean, the collective don't have nothing they, to do with uh, the school. The right. They trying the to uh, get the money. So what are they doing? They they working they working with the collective. But here's what here's my point. Um, he is fundamentally a now he understands it's college football. So at a certain level, it doesn't matter whether you oppose it or not. You got to work with it. Yep. He's fundamentally opposed to the collective. He loves the NIL. So Waterloo says, "Hey, Jacques, we want to offer you." a million dollars to promote our product. He cool with that. Love that. Hey, man, you perform well enough as a journalist that Waterloo wants to give you money to, to uh, promote their product. That's great. What he doesn't want to say is, hey, man, for me to do this podcast, Waterloo need to pay me a million dollars. He's like, but you ain't done it yet. We don't even know if you're good at it yet. So that's, that's his problem. But my point is he's he going to have to come to grips with that or it's not going to work because – uh, Ryan Day, I believe, said this. So Ryan reportedly, Ryan Day said, 
Okay, let me just change it. I'm not sure if it's Ryan Day as I think about it. Somebody who knows the game. Oh, you know who it was? It was Matt Rule. So I apologize. It's Matt Rule. Yeah. Matt Rule that. said, them quarterbacks in the portal cost between $1 million and $1.5. And again, the dude I was talking to, he was telling me his quarterback was probably gone. And I said, oh, is he going here? He goes, nah, he going there. I said, did he get the bag? He said, yeah. And I said, oh, okay. And so it's real. It's real out there. And, you know, my last point about that is the, the way the game has changed, and I was talking about Caleb Williams a few, month, a few weeks ago, is that when you take the money and you take the national commercials, you're no longer an amateur, dog. And like when I wrote about high school athletes, I was never overly critical of a high school athlete. Why? He's a high school kid. Okay, he trying his best. He doing his best. I don't hold him to a professional standard. When I cover college games, I was a little more critical, but I never rip college kids. Why? They kids. They amateurs. It's not a profession for them. They learning the profession. That's me and my standard. But I'm here to tell you, dog. When you start saying, "Hey, this player is making five million dollars a year," you're no longer an amateur. So they give, the right, you, they give you the right to rip him? I disagree yeah, with that 110%. It, 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 give, it gives you the right to be more critical because they've, they've moved over the line. The line is not the same. Because, and here's why. Those people who paid you that money, with that money come expectations uh, because it's not the same. And so, uh, you know, that's what I think. Now, why do you disagree? Because it's, to me, it's it's a maturity level. It's what you can handle as you know, in, in, in a maturity level. Is is a difference between a professional football player, a grown ass man, than a kid. Now, there's a learning process as a kid, as a young man, there's a learning process that you shouldn't be fully ripped and all of that other stuff. Um, I'll give you an example, like a friend of mine. His, uh, he's, he got a son that's offensive tackle. That boy committed to TCU. Everybody was like, yay, yay. That boy took a trip to, to, UNT, to UT, Austin. Next week he was uh, he decommitted from TCU and committed to UT, Austin. They said, hey, man, I thought y'all was going to TCU. He said, man, it's amazing how much money these kids can get. That boy, right. left, that, that boy left from, from, from uh, UT in a G-Wagon. Whether it, was, whether it was leased or bought, he, he left in that doggone G-Wagon. But you know what? He's right, still right. 18 years old. He's still a kid. He's still formative. So, hell no, don't rip nobody because they're they making $5 million and they don't know what to do with it and they're young. No, sir. That's not no that that, that, yeah. that well, that's gonna, not even no. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, well, we're going to have to respectfully disagree about that well, because that, – well, you, you, it's like you know, if you if you got I mean, a guy to me it's like it's like sometimes you know if you commit a crime there's some crimes you commit as a as a kid where okay we we'll put you through the juvenile process there's other crimes you commit you go oh, you got to go up to the adult process you know and so well, if, if, if me- and, and I and you know the, I think the difference is I'm not mad by any stretch that players got money. Hold up. I think they Hold should up. all get paid. Hold up. Let me put it in perspective for you. If me, you, and AJ about to jump off a damn helicopter into the jungle, and we both getting paid the same amount of money to get in there, and he panicking, and he don't know what to do, 
and we all been trained the same way. His our maturity is gonna make us settle his ass down and say, "Hey, when you get down there, don't use up your ammo. Don't go crazy. Don't go wild. Just remember what you're trained to do, and remember we've done this before. We can't we can't expect him at his age and his experience to do the same thing as us when we've been doing this shit all the time and we grown. So nah, you ain't ripping nobody young. That's what I'm saying. You ain't you ain't doing that to a young player. You ain't doing it to a young soldier. It's the same thing. That's what I'm saying. That's my perspective on it. I don't know about you, but I'm rolling that. I'm taking that. I'm taking into account to who I'm talking to and what age he is. What is his experience? So the money don't matter. That's what I'm saying. And I would say the money always matters. No, I don't. But that's why it's a good conversation. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It don't that's matter. <laughs> you didn't hear a damn thing. A I said. You didn't hear nothing I just said. We having the conversation because no, it don't I matter. Did. Your level of experience and your expertise always matters in what you're doing. Your maturity, your level of experience, your expertise, and all of that. Uh, we can do a whole show over that. It's a kid. The kid is a kid. No matter what you put in his pockets, no matter what you train him to do, they still gonna do kid stuff. And that ain't shit I read. That's what I know. No, but I'm just I'm just telling you that's all true. It's just that once you take the money, the expectation changes. When the expectation changes, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, because you know some kids can handle money, some kids can't. Some kids can handle the spotlight, some kids can't. That's why some five stars show up and thrive, and some five stars be like, "Oh, this ain't what I thought it was. I can't handle this." Everybody's different. It's just that when you take the money, you put yourself in a different category. And I'm all for you taking the money. Because you're not guaranteed a pro career. So you should take the money. There should be no reason why everybody associated with the team, the coaches get rich, the athletic directors get rich, the program about, get rich, what you're talking about and the kids the, suffer. What you're talking about is the the wanting to rip somebody. I ain't talking about all that. No, Are you I ain't talking, about, talking about wanting to rip. But that's what I'm just you saying, said. That what you, that's your main no, point. What I'm is saying is... You want to be able to tear no, somebody's yeah. ass up if they don't do right. They no longer an amateur. Sure, they are no. amateur. The, no, they, the amateur they, has no, changed. They, Wait a minute. The amateur stuff has changed, okay? the NCAA, It's not up to you, me. It's up to the NCAA to reel in the game. They can change the rules on all of that shit right now. And that and and it and it goes back a little bit. They can they can throttle that 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 nil that collective. They let that stuff go crazy. They got. They don't want to get sued again. They don't lose. You lose. They bite of the apple. But I don't know, man. When you start talking about kids and maturity and this and that, and they not you miss me with that because my experience is a little different than that. Well, all I'm saying is. And it's not just, it's, it's the whole thing. You just view them as differently because they are different. And it, it's, it's not, uh, it's really that you might protect them, you might not, but now you feel less uh, personal thing to do it because everything about them says, I'm a professional. And, you know, I mean, the cats in the NBA go straight to the NBA as 18-year-olds, so they become professionals. That's a whole and different – And they get treated whole, like a, professionals. That's a different sport. That's a different – that the expectations is different because that's different. That's a different that's atmosphere. That's what I'm telling you. But once that's a different once atmosphere. You, once, you, once you make it a million dollars, the expectation has changed uh, because, of, uh, because of the money. And that's just – how it always is. Uh, if you're making money, 
expectations change, and that's uh, that's that's a part of sport. But that's a good conversation. We uh, it's enough that we can uh, continue it uh, because it ain't going nowhere. It's gonna always be out there, and you know we'll talk about this Thursday because uh, we ran out of time today. Uh, but the and the thing we we're gonna talk about Thursday before we got into this good conversation is that you know the bowl games have all changed, meaning. Like, Ohio State is playing Missouri at the Cotton Bowl. And I was asking my dude if he wanted to go. And all of a sudden, you look up and you're like, okay, Ohio State's best players, including their quarterback, some of them have hit the portal, so they're not going to play. And I ain't mad at them. If you need to find a better situation for you, go find a better situation for you. But what if the the coaches are asking? See, that's another misconception about the portal. You might want to hold this because I got plenty to say about that. Because right. it ain't always nah. the, it ain't always the kids nah. that decide to leave. They get their ass pushed out. They get nah. told you don't nah. have a job here. The coaches are using the portal just as much as the kids. It's always about this guy leaving, this guy leaving. What if they ask his ass to go? Because that's what happens most of the time. You don't have a plan nah. for you. That's uh, that's not no. Nah, I mean, that's all part of it. It doesn't matter why you're in the portal. I'm just saying, you're in the portal. That's why I said sometimes it's for you doing what's best for you. Uh, so, but other guys are getting ready for the NFL. And what I'm saying is the team that you saw two weeks ago against Michigan, there's about 30 or 40% of them players that won't be there. So, and, and it all came up because somebody was trying to say, oh, we'll see if you know Florida State deserved to be in the – in the uh, championship playoff, we'll see how they play against Georgia. And I'm like, what are you talking about, dog? Georgia got the same problem Ohio State got. If you're not, they'll have guys in the portal. They'll have guys getting ready for the NFL. It's not the same team. And so it's interesting to me. These are really, you know, they're not really referendums. They used to be referendums on who got the best conference and this and that. But now the guys who are playing is almost like a spring game because you're getting guys ready for the next next year and trying to see what you got as opposed to uh, kind of finishing up the season, if all of that makes sense. No, nah, but all right. I'm going gonna, I'm to I'm put that down walk away from it. <laughs> How about that? We put that down pick it up. We can pick away it up. from it. There you go. Yeah, we'll pick it, we'll pick it up next Thursday. It, it'll be a good, uh, good deal after we talk about the Cowboys and the Eagles. Uh, see, it's a good conversation today. Uh, we appreciate y'all. Remember, uh, Christmas gifts. Coach Prime, Deion Sanders and the Make It a Men. It's available wherever you buy books. Spend a year with uh, with Deion down at Jackson State, seeing how he gets down. Um, follow your boy on Twitter, JJT Journalist. And don't forget, we always appreciate Green and Law. This doesn't happen without them and Smokey John's Barbecue. Uh, so until we chat again, you guys be blessed.